fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing really good, especially with this movie. Brett, we've known each other for a long time, right? Yes. And in all that time, have I ever put down the flag that I've been waving that this is a good movie and I've been fighting the internet and everyone else since day one that I saw this? Oh no, Greg will randomly bring this up. Of like, we'll be talking about like, night, dawn, and day, and how great those are. And Greg pops up in the corner. I like land! I love land. Land of the Dead might be one of like core zombie movies for me i came out in 2005 so what was i I was 13 okay yeah perfect yeah i was 13 when this came out and i was really starting to get into zombie stuff because Shaun of the dead came out the year before and so did the remake of dawn i think yeah because what i own how i own land of the dead and this i bought it in middle school is the dawn of the dead land of the dead double feature box set yeah the same with one the director's yeah. cuts yeah i think everyone our age owns that box set that's so weird because the cover is just land of the dead but dawn gets top billing on the box it's very weird yeah yeah well it's a cool picture yeah i'm one year under greg so i know exactly what he means about like our generation this is one of our big zombie movies because this is what came out when we can kind of like remember things yeah, so, like, this was really influential because right at the same time, zombies and video games started exploding, too. And zombies kind of wherever Walking Dead comic, I think, was going on at this point. The show was around the corner a little bit. But, man, it was exploding, and it was a great time to get into this stuff. And those few movies there really helped get me into all this stuff. And I don't know. I think Land's great. I don't think it's as good as Night of the Living Dead. Of course not. But I think it's great. It's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it. It's been a little while since I've seen it, and I was wondering, like, how is this going to be? Is this just going to be a nostalgia trip? Like, I've been going down, like, a Viva La Bam rabbit hole recently, and I'm just like, oh, this is just all nostalgia. Like, oh, I love, like, CKY and him. <laughs> but um, yeah. Land of the Dead always kind of, like, it stays in that era for me. And then watching it again today after... It hasn't been a long time, but a little while. I had so much fun with it. It does oh, have good. that little drip of the old school Romero stuff that you remember from Night, Dawn, and Day. The zombies look really cool. He's leaning a lot more into like how Bub is in Day of the Dead, where he's like cognizant. He's kind of remembering how to do things here and there. Think how long this has been since those two movies. It almost seems like, yeah, this is like the evolutionary progress of the zombies of george started to not give a fuck about the people when like let's focus on the zombies that's really interesting maybe we should give it to them because people are pretty horrible yeah exactly speaking of george the crazy thing about this is he obviously invented this genre yes i know there's technically zombie movies before but the way we know zombies george romero invented modern day zombies and, right yeah yeah and he came up with this whole world and this whole system, like every trope we know, God shoot him in the head, they eat flesh, all this kind of stuff, everything. He invented this. And then he did Night, Dawn, Day, and then he took time off. And then people started playing with zombies. You had like 28 Days Later, you had Shaun of the Dead, the Dawn of the Dead remake, and zombies were in the culture again. And so it 
only made sense to some studios like, hey, let's bring the guy who invented all this back now that zombies are big. And he came back in his own way for sure. I just see a universal executive, like big wig guy. He'd be at like the top of the castle in this movie. He's Dennis Hopper. Um, yes. Being like, wait a minute. George Romero is still alive? The <laughs> godfather of the modern zombie that everyone... All those, the three good ones. He's still around. Hire that motherfucker. <laughs> so there's a few different studio like pushbacks with this movie. One is they wanted him to name it Night of the Living Dead. Which doesn't make any sense. Of you've no, already they, done a night remake. This is nothing like that movie. No. They just wanted to capitalize on the name. It doesn't have to do anything with it. Just name it the same thing and make it a zombie movie. And he fought hard against that. And then George wanted to name it Dead Reckoning. Also not great. However, George did start changing his mind because he was worried it would be confused with the movie Dead Reckoning from 1946 starring Humphrey Bogart. Can you imagine, like, some man walks into the movie theater and walks out disgusted, like, that's not Humphrey Bogart, that's a zombie! Like, who, who's getting confused by this in 2005? Come on, George. Old man George Romero, his old man brain just kicks in and is like, nope. We can't do that. That's already been a movie. As he adjusts his giant glasses. Oh, those like 50 pound glasses that he would wear. <laughs> and me and Greg are very close to Pittsburgh. We are big Romero people. So any little bit of teasing we do is done out of love. We both love Romero. He is, though, a funny looking old man. Oh, I love George Romero. I think... He was a true visionary in horror, and people throw that term around a lot, but I think it really does belong to George. He's definitely one of them. So any teasing oh, yeah. I do is out of love. Yes. But it's just so funny of thinking, like, especially with this movie, of George is definitely old man. He's always looked like an old man to me. But this is definitely old man George. Trying to write dialogue for, like, a hot young actress in fishnets being like, ooh... What's going on? Like, and thank God he didn't have to tackle like tweeting or anything like that. To, no, like, he did. In. We'll get into that one day. Diary of the Dead's all about oh. social media. We'll hit that one day. <laughs> I, I have thoughts wanna. on there, but I'll save them for that episode. I know one day we'll do his last two movies. I'm not looking forward to it. And we're making I'm, our way through all of his zombie movies for sure. So don't worry. I'm look. I love Land of the Dead. I feel like this is like his last hurrah. Yeah, this is definitely his last great one. But I think, because Knight obviously has that racism tone to it, whether, like, intentional or not, like he's even said about it and everything. And then Dawn has that consumerism, like, thing with the mall, everything like that, mass consumerism. Hey, you never know, and they hold the money exactly. up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Day of the Dead, militarism and all that thing, just, trying to keep all that going on. They just give up. Yes, so this one, all those are pretty subtle, though. Like, you could watch it and not even think about it, you know what I mean? But they're there. He's like, okay, classism for Land of the Dead. We're not letting this be subtle in the fucking slightest, though. Oh. This was also, Greg, you remember. This was, like, middle of, like, the Bush, like, era. Bush presidency. Yep. We don't negotiate with terrorists. They're looking to blow up a building in this movie. They gave Dennis Hopper the George Bush haircut. 
yes, they're 100%. George Romero's like, I don't like this Bush guy. Like, I remember <laughs> during that time, I couldn't watch stand-up comedy, and I love stand-up comedy, have since I was very little. And I couldn't watch a lot of them because it was just nothing about Bush stuff. And even at that young of age, I was like, I don't care about politics. I want to watch the horror movies. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely leans into it hard in this movie. And, you know, I don't care. It's a cool theme. Like, I love They Live, and that's definitely like a classism, like oh, yeah. rich movie and everything. But I'm just saying, as far as like that subtlety of his first three zombie movies, this does not have it. He literally says the line. Like, if what's next? There, someone's throwing shoes at him? Like. <laughs> Alright, we gotta get into this thing. We've been rambling for a while. Yes. Land of the Dead from 2005. Brett, you got some credits for me? Uh, directed and written by George Romero. Uh, makeup uh, headed up by Greg Nicotero's company. Love um, I wasn't sure if it was Savini or Nicotero. Savini does make an appearance, though. And I love it. It's so good. Our woman lead, do you, Slack, can we talk about who she is real quick for a second? Oh, yes. Um, the daughter of Mr. Dario Argento. Yes, and the, I can't remember her name, Nickelodeon or something, but the lead from Deep Red is her mother, too. Oh, okay, that's when Dario was with her. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Ozia Argento, thank you, Troy Howarth, by the way. I okay. had to ask him the pronunciation. So it's Ozia, not Asia. Yes. Okay, thank you, Troy. It's read yes. any of Troy's great books. Go back and listen to his episodes. We love Troy Howarth. He is the Italian horror guy. Yes. We had to go to our expert for this. All right. So we do get the Airplane Universal logo for this. I was a big fan. Oh, I love it so much. Immediately I hit play on this movie and I'm like, I'm already in. Like, thank you, George. Because, you know, he's like, you know what I want in there? That old school Universal logo I remember from when I was little. I wish that people could see that you're doing the George face while doing the George voice. It makes me very happy. <laughs> and I have glasses, so it makes sense. Yes. We get our opening credits to a news audio montage about everything that's going on. Apparently, this has like a ton of cameos in like who's reading the news and everything, but I don't know who it is. That makes sense, because they're reading a lot of the classic dialogue, but it's not the classic clips from the movies. It's no. like redone dialogue. So that actually really makes sense. Because at first I was like, why aren't they just using the classic clips? Yeah. We cut to today, and then we have we open on a zombie town. And okay, let's get it right off the bat. Because I know a lot of people, they hate it right from this moment, right when it pretty much starts. You have gazebo band zombies kind of playing their instruments in the band, like in the gazebo. Oh my god, I love it so much. I love, this is perfect for Throbtober, I feel. The like, yeah. um, the, what is it? Um, you know what, like the color of the movie, it, like it has this like kind of blue tint to it of it. Feels yeah, it has somber. a weird palette. Yeah. It feels very dark. It feels fall like, and they play right into these remind me of Romero zombies. Um, they are of them. Oh, yeah, I know. But like the classic Romero zombies, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm thinking like I see these are immediately going back to like Day of the Dead, mostly because Dawn, yeah. it's just like. Uh, gray Ooh. makeup, yes. uh, Night of the Living Dead's hidden by black and white. That really helps that movie, I feel. Uh, this one. Feels and they're like all like hours fresh zombies in night, so they don't really look different yet. 
Right. And like you bring up about there's like the gazebo band. Like in Dawn, there was the nurse zombie. Day, there was like football zombie and like bride zombie or whatever. Like, I like that they play around with like, they're not all just in tattered clothing or like just like, oh, a t shirt and shorts or whatever. No, like Big Daddy is a gas station attendant still in his uniform, which we saw and was glorious. Yeah, if you guys are in the western Pennsylvania area and you go to the Monroeville Mall, they had the Living Dead Museum last time we were there. They had Big Daddy's outfit there as part of it. I think uh, Ozia's outfit yeah, was there. Yeah, was there too. Slacks With was the there. Fish, those fishnets. That, that was yep. a, an achievement has been unlocked in your young mind. This will leave yeah, an impression exactly. of just like, ooh, I remember her. And some zombies step on the gas bell, like for the gas pump, and Big Daddy walks out to fuel up the car and there's a bunch of people running recon on this town because in the news montage it said like the people in the cities are starting to move out into the smaller areas to scavenge supplies and everything so that's what they're doing here and they're like Makes what sense. are they doing because they see the zombies almost acting like their old self this doesn't bother me in the slightest though no. because we established it in day of the dead with bub granted we had dr frankenstein like pushing him there and training him but with the passage of time it makes sense to kind of get there on their own Maybe things start to click in their mind a little bit of just like Bub's like, or I mean, uh, Big Daddy is like, oh yeah, um, I heard the bell go off. It's time to go pump gas. I love that the two zombies that like step on the gas bell thing are like must have been a couple because they're holding hands throughout the entire movie. And they're like yeah. the hot zombies of his hair has like all slicked back. She's like hot zombie. Like, I'm just impressed with that hair gel. That's all. They show it a couple times during the movie of just like, this is like new zombie. This isn't like old school butcher zombie or it's old man. No, yeah. this is like young, cool zombie. He can hit the jukebox and make it come on. <laughs> That's what George but, Romero is thinking is like young and hip. It's like, the kids like happy days, right? <laughs> I was like, I do, <laughs> Mr. Romero. <laughs> We're also introduced to Cholo, played by John Leguizamo. Um, <laughs> that's his name in the movie. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Some yeah. of these names. There is a large fat man, Brett, and his name is Pillsbury. Yeah. Oh, that's, this is definitely, that's... like, at the very tail end of you could get by with things like that. Yeah. But um, it's always big operation for scavenging. Riley are, I guess, main character, and Cholo are talking, and Riley thinks the dead are learning, and we find out he says, this is my last night, Cholo, so it's my last night, too, like, they're about to quit. And Cholo's like, hey, man, it's my last night, too, I'm just hanging around here, like, you gotta watch yourself, man, like, he is just so laid back and doesn't give a shit, I love John Leguizamo in this movie. Like, I remember even being at the Living Dead Museum. I was like, who's that guy who's all, like, just the coolest guy in the world in Land of the Dead? You're like, oh, John Luke was almost like, I love him in Land of the Dude, Dead. Dude, he is like a charisma machine in everything he's ever in. He were, like, and I'm going to go off on a Walking Dead, like, 30 seconds. Negan in the comic almost reminds me of like maybe what John what John Leguizamo in this movie is supposed to be very charismatic very full of himself but he puts out this like outer shell what they did in the show is they ruined him 
they've made him just like this bloodthirsty guy. He was he would do that in the comic, yes. But it wasn't just his whole thing was just bashing people. A lot of yeah. it was just like the A kind of thing, which they play with in the show. I just think they did it wrong. Liguizama should have been Negan is what we're saying. Which, if Negan fucking ruined that show. It was doing great. And then they fucking killed Glenn, spoiler alert. And then my action figures that are still sitting over there in that fucking closet that I can see, they're worthless. Like mom and dad told you, they're like, you have to just wait like 10, 20 years and then maybe they'll be worth something. I'm like, that's my only hope. <laughs> I tried to throw them away. Not- the garbage garbage bin would not take them. They left them if on the not- corner. Goodwill says no. Yeah. But the Dead Reckoning launches the Sky Flowers, fireworks, to distract all the zombies. All the zombies look up, and then the Biker Cavalry runs in, and this is awesome. They're just hacking up all the zombies, clearing the way and everything. And Um, I like Big Daddy's the most advanced out of all the zombies, though. He realizes they're distracting you, you idiots. And all the other zombies are staring up at the sky, and one gets beheaded, and Big Daddy picks up the head and does his roar that he has many times throughout the movie, and he mercy kills a zombie, Brett. He stomps on the head. Is this one of the first times we've seen a zombie kill another zombie? Yeah. They and Romero them, it is. They also call them walkers every once in a while. They call them walkers, the, the stench. Um, they have a couple names for them. I actually enjoy the stench. That makes sense, because like you never think about that, but how bad they must smell. Dude, have you ever had a dead mouse in your house, like, that went off in a trap and you just can't find it for a little while? Yeah, or, like, you you pass by a dead deer on the road and you smell that smell. Imagine those things walking around, how bad that has to smell. We also are introduced to Charlie, right? The guy with the burned face? Yeah. Which is another, almost seems like, early 2000s character they couldn't do anymore today. I feel like they could get away with Charlie because they don't like make fun of him. Bad guys do, but they're bad guys. Like, and Riley's helping them, and they're honestly partners. And he saves Riley a couple times. I think but he could get away with there, Charlie. There's a few times Charlie's just like, well, look, I don't know. I'm not going to do the voice, but well, look at the sky flowers. Basically, like he's almost one of the dead. Yeah, maybe they'd have to clean up Charlie they, a little. He's a little bit doing, um, fuck, who's that WWE guy they used to do back the day? Oh, Eugene? Yeah, it's almost Eugene-ish. Uh, maybe. Not that level. Not that level. Not that bad. But there's a a hint of that in there, of just like, ah, a few of the lines they say. Yeah, But I like Charlie. Because Charlie's a fuck of a shot. He, I love he has his two special guns that are like a six shooter and just like looks like a shitty just like rifle. But he like lifts yeah. the end of it. Like he has a few quirks I enjoy. And him and Riley actually legit seem to be good friends. Yeah, for sure. But the fireworks stop and all the zombies kind of come back too. So the humans start retreating. And then the Dead Reckoning we see in action here. The Dead Reckoning, if you guys don't know, it's basically like a double-decker bus that's souped up, like, to hell. I, I saw the Dawn of the Dead remake, and they did that cool bus. I want to do that. <laughs> Honestly, what it reminds me of, uh, like, George Romero saw the Ninja Turtles one day and saw the battle van, and his eyes just lit up. 
and that was like the early 90s or like late late 80s early 90s right like, mm, the kids must love this exactly <laughs> but and it just mows through all the zombies this thing is a fucking tank i mean kind of yeah. literally but um Cholo and his crew are raiding the liquor store, something he's not supposed to do, and we're introduced to his cool little, like, air harpoon gun that he keeps in his boot as he takes out one of the zombies with it. That's a really cool weapon. Um, they, they have a few, like, different weapons like that in this movie. Of, like, it's almost like it's been enough time they're starting to modify things and actually, yeah. like, learn what they're really good at. But I love, too, they're over the radio, like, Riley's like, you're only getting important supplies, right? And Cholo's like, yeah, man, I'm only uh, getting important supplies. And one guy's like, I can sell a bottle of Chianti on the streets for $1,500. And this one guy must be a new co- guy on his crew, because he's a dick to him. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, he's like pushing him around. He does something really dumb later, which I know we'll get to. That's pretty also, much in a minute, yeah. walking into this liquor store, how is this thing still f- so full? How, because think about this in real life. The zombie apocalypse goes down. You're a horrible, like, alcoholic. Like, the kind of, like, if you don't get your fix, you're shaking. What is your first thought? Oh, fuck. Exactly. No more Jack Daniels? I gotta get right to the liquor store and take everything. Like, how is, nothing's missing. It's like it just happened. I think because this town looks pretty much untouched by, like, looting or anything. So I think this town got wiped pretty quick. I think the virus spread through this place fast, you can tell, like, because everything looks pretty untouched. So that's probably why they're scavenging there. It it, it just kind of, like, really stuck out to me of, like, I remember even they touched in that in Walking Dead of they had the alcoholic character. And he would always go to the liquor stores and get as much as he could and run to the top of a truck or something and drink. I was like, this place is completely untouched. But I guess that makes sense what you said. But he just, in a dick move, just knocks over all these cigars off the counter, behind the counter. He tells the guy, pick those up. And he reaches back to pick them up behind the counter. And there's a zombie laying there, bites the new guy's arm. He's bit. And it's, am I supposed to like Cholo? I can never tell. I like Cholo. But I think Cholo is just in, in it for himself at this point. Like, he's lost everybody. He's in the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, it's all for me. Whatever I can do to get back on top. Because he's uh, going to the liquor store to get uh, Dennis Hopper his champagne out of the freezer. Because they have this whole scuffle with a cholo and a zombie. And he gets it with the spear gun. But right then, uh, Riley and Charlie show up after the dude's been bit. And there's kind of a standoff. Riley and Charlie don't want to kill him right away. They want to try to save him. Cholo wants to put him down. As they're arguing, the dude just grabs a gun from someone else and blows his own brain out. And there are certain people, like, later, Cholo is, spoiler alert, if you've not seen this movie, bitten. And is like, turning. And his buddy's like, do you want me to shoot you? And Cholo's like, nah, man. I've always wondered what the other side lives like. And then you got people like this, or, um... Fuck, uh, the one of the main guys from Dawn of the Dead. I'm drawing a blank real quick. He was just at the Living Dead Museum, uh, at the Living Dead Con. But um, he's like, as soon as I turn, blow me away. But make sure I've turned first, because I'm going to try to fight. 
because there's so there's people that are like i'm gonna try to fight it people are like don't let me turn into it kill me right away and now we got a new person this is like eh, i want to see how they live yeah but everyone's going back and big daddy as everyone's retreating out grabs a gun off one of the bikers just like reaches for it and grabs it and they don't even realize they keep riding away and the horde starts walking in the direction that all the bikers went and on the way back we see an ad about fiddler's green brett oh yeah i love every once in a while it like the ad skips because i guess it's been like so old this also reminds me like that little part is like in dawn of the dead when uh they're all like enjoying themselves and then that old woman's voice comes over the loudspeaker that's obviously recorded she's like for the next two hours you can go to the chocolate chip emporium and buy one get one free look fiddler's green is i'm pretty sure it's the upmc building to be honest because this is pittsburgh oh my god there it's literally like the point at pittsburgh but yeah. it was filmed. There's a there's pictures of Pittsburgh and stuff. It was filmed in Canada. Okay, you can tell it's George. He's like, I'm still making it Pittsburgh. Oh, and canonically, like in the movie, they are in Pittsburgh, and they definitely use pictures of it because I recognize like different things, especially the yellow bridges and stuff. But they shot it in Canada. Uh, okay, but. Fiddler's Green is this giant tower where you can still live the life of luxury. There's restaurants, there's, like, butlers, all this kind of stuff. And, man, it costs a pretty penny to get in here. Like, people pay a lot to get in here, and there's a selection process on who's allowed to live here. So here's the biggest concept of this movie, is the zombie apocalypse happens. The great equalizer, Brent. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or you are homeless with no job. Everyone right then is equal. Right. These fucking idiots went back to the same system we're in. It's like, everyone's like, I just want to get back to normal. And imagine this happens, Brett. You're in the zombie apocalypse. Like, Elon Musk is worth the same as you all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get a job. I'm a fucking waiter. Like, in that world. Like, that's what I mean. Like, they go back to the old system here. And to try to, like, have regular society again... But all the same problems pop right back up, like with the rich getting richer and all these poor people outside and everything. Dude, when I saw the waiter and I saw the look on his face, like I've not been a waiter, but I've worked at restaurants before. Oh, my God. I could not believe a bigger hell than the zombie apocalypse has happened. I thought at least I'm not a waiter anymore. I don't have to deal with like fucking snobby rich people and people that are like think they're too good for themselves the zombie apocalypse happened now i'm a waiter again again <laughs> working for tips in the zombie apocalypse like money still matters but we get kind of a layout of the city here so we already talked about fiddler's green and then there's like the slums like the poor areas, everything like this. There's kind of like a strip district, like where there's gambling and a nightlife section and oh, everything. That has to be modeled after the actual strip district from Pittsburgh, because that's oh, like yeah. a legit thing of people that haven't been in Pittsburgh is there's like a whole street 
it's like several blocks long of it's just like outside vendors and people sewing flowers and this guy has sausage and peppers you can go in this store and like it's a awesome like local grocery store that has like homemade potato chips that are so good but this definitely reminds me of that which i'm looking at it's like i love the strip district this wouldn't be so horrible i guess <laughs> and then we're introduced to the throat because it's waterlocked except for one end this old town so you just have bridges those are easy to take care of but there's one area behind them the land and so they have electric fences and guards on duty at all times uh those will come back later but that's all i just need to make sure we covered the throat and just every once in a while a zombie will like walk into the electric fence and fry itself to like charred bone it looks like yeah riley's talking to this irishman mulligan again these names they're just too spot on all of them but oh i'm henry o'drunky i love this sermon i hope he goes to her to her to her soon <laughs> but he's very critical of kaufman and like all the elites and everything that'll get him in trouble later but cholo is delivering his liquor to mr kaufman but his butler, who, man, there are a couple bad stereotypes in this movie, aren't there? Oh, the very... this butler yes, sir. is butler. bad. Oh, my God. This is very bad butler of just like, really? We went that far back? Yes. We, went, we, we didn't just rebuild the world we were in. We rebuilt it and went backwards. Yeah, it's just so like in his reactions throughout the movie of just being like, oh, my. And ooh, through the entire time. It's not just, it's like a character thing. Like, it's weird. Yeah, but he's delivering the liquor to Mr. Kaufman. The butler says he's not in there, but I heard that. And there's a noise coming from, like, the apartment next to Kaufman's. And Cholo goes in, and a guy hung himself. And I guess this is Walking Dead rules? Like, we never really see people die long enough in any of these Romero movies to know to where dead just turn into zombies as well. Yeah, like you said, they almost already all have the disease, it seems, because, and I fucking hate bringing up the piece of shit Walking Dead show once again. They played with that in that show of like at season one, the CDC guy whispered that thing to Rick and no one knew about what he whispered to him till seasons later. And it was all about like, oh, yeah, we all have the disease like already. That's why you can just like, I could just die right now. I have a brain aneurysm. Oh. And then just come back and I haven't been bitten or anything. I'm not infected, but it's almost like in the air or something. Yeah. But I love that. Like um, he busts into the, like, he kicks the door down. He sees the guy hanging there. The wife comes over. It's like, what's going on? Are you security? He's like, no, I'm not security. I'm just here to basically bash your husband's brains. It. The son comes running out. It's like, dad, dad, I don't know what the zombie apocalypse is whatsoever. I just was born into a teenage size body. So I'm going to get right up next to the dead body and shake it around a little bit. Try to reanimate it. Well, billionaire types never think that safety stuff applies to them. I'm not talking about stories from a few months ago or anything. But exactly. So like, it's that type of mentality. The dad falls from his uh, chandelier he hung himself from and bites the sun. And so the sun's bit... Cholo delivers the killing blow to the dad and security arrives to see him just clubbing him down. Yeah, but like 
this he just like beats the fuck out of like the zombie which he's supposed to but i just love it so much where the wife was like are you security he's like no i just showed up to kill him and i'm gonna leave now why wouldn't you be like yeah i'm technically are you not security for kaufman no he's delivery boy uh true and he takes out his trash and you treat me like trash do you think naming him kaufman was a like little nod to Lloyd. I don't think so at all. I think it's a kind of common last name. Oh, okay. I wish. But Riley goes to get this car that he bought a long time ago, and it's not there. And the guy's like, oh, I guess you got fucked. And Charlie's like, huh, you got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like bought this car three years ago. I guess it's been sitting there. Until the night before he comes to actually take it away. Because Riley's whole thing is, nothing bad has ever happened to me. Like, I'm completely shut down, away from the world. Everyone has a fucking story. I don't want to hear your story about, oh, you lost everyone in your family. It's, It's very cruel and stuff, but you can almost see it where this has been going on for a little while now. It's survival mode. So it's like, I'm tired of hearing everyone's depressing stories. I just want to go and be Walter White in the last season of Breaking Bad and just be off in a cabin by myself. Maybe with Charlie. Charlie gives great (laughs) handjobs. But they're like, well, what do they call him? The fat man? The little fat man? Oh my God. I love little fat man so much because they're like, you better go talk to him. It's a little guy. And he's in this big cowboy hat and this big, this like purple, like suit for some reason. He looks like a boss for like, you know, like the generic boss of like, go talk to the tall man. And they go and show up and it's this guy. It's just like, he's so cartoonish. It doesn't make sense. I guess he just went, fuck it. It's the zombie apocalypse and I'm going to dress like this. Brett, do you know what this man's name is? No. Chihuahua. Yes. At this 2005 this... movie. <laughs> just leave it Plays with the, just a lot of another checkoff of like something you couldn't do anymore. Yes. Peter Dinklage would be tweeting at you being like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like. <laughs> but we get to the like area where this is going on there's gambling bars strippers all this kind of stuff there's a zombie selfie station brett where you can get your photo with a zombie with two very famous zombies and it's very nice of romero to put simon pegg and edgar right in there because even romero said like in the 90s zombies kind of dropped out of fashion and then movies like 28 days later and Shaun of the dead made them cool again which helped me make land of the dead so it's so great that two fans like sean of the uh, simon Pegg and edgar wright got to be in this actual romero movie and i love that simon Pegg is dressed up as sean did you notice that he has the white shirt and the red tie and everything it's great not the not the only returning costume of on a zombie we'll see but we'll get oh my god not even the best one because there's one and savini's talked about it and we'll get there because this is going to be like a whole thing for this show as well. Cause I saw it and I was just like, Oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> Riley and Charlie go to see Chihuahua and oh, he's like, they pick wait over up, there. 
they pick them up, they're like shaking them around. <laughs> like, I go over there, I'm gonna take care of it. And he talks to his goons, he has like henchmen. He's like, they're gonna be a problem for me, keep them away from me. They literally say goon at some point in this movie. And I'm just like, oh, we have one of those. <laughs> um, They also, while this is going on, there's zombie fights. And like, what's going on? Zombies don't fight zombies. Like, they do when they're fighting over a meal. And people are taking bets on which zombie. And Slack, Ozzy Argento's character, is thrown into the middle. And the zombies, it's who gets her first or who wins type deal like like cockfighting and stuff like that that they're doing how insane is it that there's an argento starring in this romero movie and she's good i love her in this movie she she acts in a couple things actually like this isn't our first role she's in that terrible dracula 3d which i just Mm. bought recently i found a copy in the wild but um like they were friends and if we know anything oh, about yeah. George's movies, he cast people like who he knew, like uh, Chili Billy Cardilli uh, and his daughter and everything. He knew Argento. Argento had his own Dawn of the Dead cut and everything. Yeah. And George was like, I'll cast your daughter in this. She's a good actress, actually, too. So it worked out. And uh, this is a movie, like I said, I own on DVD. So I'm watching it along with the podcast. I'm I'm, I'm at that scene where she's in like the zombie cage fight thing she's running around and all that goddamn fishnet man i was like no wonder that all the goth shit that they fed to us back in the day no wonder we are like the way we are yeah it checks out but uh, but looks alone yeah she is so amazing i do actually like i was kind of paying attention to her a little bit more in this movie being like was she cast because she's a name or is she actually good no she's actually good Exactly. But they're about to get her, and Riley shoots the zombies, and the place clears out from the gunfire and everything. And Chihuahua tries shooting Riley. Riley shoots him, gets him in the shoulder, but he's on his way out. And Charlie does his little lick the end of the gun trick and just brains Chihuahua. It is so fucking cool. And it's completely unexpected. Because I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a minor big bad on the way to Dennis Hopper big big bad or something. No, they kill the little man, like. Yeah. And the police come in, they're like, what the hell happened? And Charlie's like, someone shot the fat man. Charlie, you <laughs> shot him. And they're like, I see that. And they arrest all of them. Well, okay, so the rules in this place are so fucked up. So you threw a woman, a live woman, into this cage with zombies to probably basically be eaten and killed. And yes. someone saves them. Like, you would if you were 20 feet to the left outside the gates or where, however far it is. But now it's bad because you you ruin the party kind of thing. Because everyone's betting on what thing's going to, what zombie's going to win and stuff. So you ruined all that. Because I love the one point some fat guy walks up. He's like, I got 60 on red. Yeah. <laughs> uh, prison, not too much. We get a little character exposition on Slack. She, um, I lost where I was. Oh, she was going to be military. She wasn't having her killed because she was helping Mulligan, the Irish guy and stuff like that. And they thought she was a better hooker than she was a soldier, all this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, where basically he's like, no, this is what you're going to do now. So things have gone way far back. Also, during this, the zombie march continues, and Big Daddy teaches them how to break through wooden barricades, because there's the butcher one right next to him with his big knife, and Big Daddy teaches them to hack through it and everything, and right when they do... You have a bunch of zombies hanging upside down to be used as target practice, and Big Daddy lets out another one of his angry roars. I know Big Daddy is the big zombie in this movie. Butcher Zombie, though, is like his right-hand man and is always right there. I've always loved Butcher Zombie, who was Boyd Banks, who was in the Dawn of the Dead remake, but also was in Jason X. Oh, sweet! Remember the pilot being like, oh, you found a girl? Ha 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 ha. Oh, uh, almost Robert England. Yeah, he has the hat on. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Oh, cool. But I was like, he looks familiar. I was always like, he looks familiar. And for half a second, I was like, is that Russ Striner? And I was like, no, it's not Russ Striner. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, there's Big Daddy, Butcher Zombie, and Soccer Player Zombie. Like, all right next to each other that are always, like, the front of the line in this march. And Hair Gel Zombie with his girlfriend. Yes. They always hold hands. But he's angry about this, obviously. Um, Cholo meets up with Kaufman, and he's like, he's like, oh, I heard about you taking care of my neighbor. I appreciate that, as he brings him some of the liquor he got. And he's talking about how he's going to be moving in. He has enough money with all the jobs he's done and everything. And Kaufman, again, played by Dennis Hopper, George Bush haircut, just like the most cigar-smoking, hilarious villain that you can have is like, well, there's a waiting list. I don't think that's going to ha- happen. And an approval board. He's basically saying, yeah, we're not letting you in. Because also we'll find out he's a racist. It all, he, it's to the point he's wearing a red tie. Yes. Oh, but And it's also like, I think that Kaufman way overreacts here. Because Cholo just wants to move into the building. That Look how big the building is. Kaufman runs over to the cabinet, opens it up, takes a chainsaw out, starts sawing down pillars, screaming about tearing it all down. What the fuck, man? Like, you're destroying your own place. If, if you guys haven't, for some reason, seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> 2, that is the joke. Well Tear done. it all down! Are you one of those, uh, are you that new health food restaurant? I think this is a lie, because George Romero can be quite the bullshitter in interviews. No. But he's often said that Dennis Hoffman's cigar budget costs more than the entire budget of Night of the Living Dead. He is just constantly smoking cigars. Yeah, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he has it written into his characters that they smoke cigars (laughs) so he can smoke on set. That's literally what Arnold does. It wouldn't surprise me if Hoffman does the same. That is so amazing. Okay, Greg, you're an actor. What are you writing into your character that every character does so you can just do it? I'm going to say my character loves old German. He just has to drink old German. No matter what we're filming in New Zealand, got to have that old German man. Or I can't just get there mentally. Like I'm a, yeah. Like my character eats burritos all the time that are constantly fresh (laughs) ones brought out to me no matter where I am. Yes. I got to have Taco Bell fire sauce wherever I go. But Cholo does not take this news well, obviously, and threatens to blackmail him about, like, I've taken out your trash, I know all of your, like, all the shady shit you do and everything. And then he goes to leave, and Kaufman just looks at the guy there and goes, I won't be needing this man's services anymore, which I guess is code, go kill him. 
which I do real quick. Like earlier in the movie, we got a quick glimpse of like a gar- like a garbage dump for them now, and it's just like zombies. And like every once yeah. in a while, like did you see the one? It's like melted into the garbage, but still alive. Yeah. And then Ch- Cholo, I love Cholo's weapon. But it's just like a thing that fires arrows. You can never get that arrow back now. Where is he getting all these arrows from? I don't know. Kaufman? Yeah. But guard attacks him on the stairs. He knocks him out, takes his gun. And Cholo and his crew go to take the dead reckoning right as the, a horde starts showing up. I don't think this this isn't our horde, though, that we've been following, which did throw me off for a minute. Well, um... Big Daddy's there, is he? Yeah, he's there at the because oh, because they're on the other side of the bridge where they keep the truck. That's why they're not in the city here, right? They're still on the outskirts. Um, but Big Daddy is always at like the very front of the horde, and everyone around him is getting killed. All the zombies, he's fine, except for his his like cabinet he has with him of soccer girl, butcher, yeah. and couple. But the Horde shows up, and him and his crew get in. They drive Dead Reckoning through the Horde, take it out. And then he radios to Kaufman. I like that his radio is like a typical radio. And Kaufman has had this radio design that looks like a cell phone. Yeah. But their big idea is like, oh, you didn't pay me the money you were supposed to pay me so I can live in your fake high-rise building. I'm going to kill everyone in the city with bombs. Well, he says... He calls him and he threatens him. He wants, what was it, like five million, like brought out at, but, or he, he has, like, he's gonna blow up the tower that he's in. Who Here's cares? Also, this area here, like Pittsburgh, they have chosen to still use money in this movie. Yeah. You get your five million dollars and you take off. There's other settlements throughout the country, I imagine. Most of them probably don't use money. You might come across a couple that do. Yeah. So, if you get the money here, it's not like you can just walk right back into town and use it. That's what I'm talking about, of, like, why is he so obsessed with getting this all this money, where he's going... You can't just go... Right, exactly what you just said. It's not like you can turn right about right back around, go into Fiddler's Green, and be like, oh, hi, I'd like to buy an apartment, please. No, you're yeah. fucked. You come yeah, across... Most other places settled, aren't using money. You come across Settlement Brett... I'm like, hey, uh, you got a CRT TV down there? And they're like, no. You got any VHS tapes? A few. What genre? Romantic comedy. Kill them! <laughs> we will eat their flesh tonight! I just picture you sitting on a throne of old box TVs and VCRs. <laughs> like the, the, the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones, but like made out of tapes and TVs. <laughs> they're all playing and stuff at the same time. I have a, I have a, a like a, a mat, like a staff, but it's made of old German cans crushed up yes. that I bonk people on the head with. I say, I like this reality. <laughs> Let's live here for a little bit more. So I'm king of this I reality. Stop it. <laughs> no, I like this. <laughs> the guards come for Riley, who is in prison, and Kaufman wants him to hunt down the dead reckoning and get it back. And bring Cholo back dead or alive. And he has some conditions. He's like, I want my friends back. So Slack and Charlie, he's like, done. He goes, what else will you need? He goes, 
I'm going to need a car and enough ammunition, like, to take care of myself when I leave here tomorrow. He's like, there's nothing else out there. He goes, that's the plan. He goes, done. So that's his plan. He'll get paid with car and guns and be off once he gets this back. Yeah, he's allowed to leave, basically, after this job is done. Which, why is Kaufman like, sure, done? This guy's plan is just to blow town immediately after the job is done. You're sending him after your, like, basically super weapon truck. Yes, something much better than the vehicle you're going to provide him. Riley's plan is right out in the open. Of Like, I imagine Riley gets pulled out of the jail cell. And he's just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get tortured. I'm going to get killed. They're like, we're going to task you to find our super weapon and bring it back to us. And then you can be free. It's like, okay, yeah. Um, Can my <laughs> friends come? The, the one in the fishnets and my buddy Charlie with the great hand jobs? Of course they could come. <laughs> All right. Done. Yeah, I don't care. I don't want anything. But he also assigns three of, like, his police force to go with him. I guess to ensure that something like this doesn't happen. Yeah, one guy who seems very inexperienced. Um, lady who is very gung-ho on Kaufman's side. And giant man who is just like, hey, I'm up for anything. Yeah, and they all go, oh, the giant man was Pillsbury, by the way. Oh, oh, okay. I love Pillsbury. He's a great character. He's one of those just kind of throwaway characters. There's like, he says three lines throughout the entire movie. You're like, I love him. And once they're on their way out, they notice the horde damage and everything that we saw earlier. And he reports it back to Kaufman. And Kaufman very much being, we're not closing the beaches on the 4th of July, doesn't take it seriously <laughs> at all. Oh, yeah, there's no way they could ever get into the city. Um, we got a few little moments here, like Charlie saves Slack from a zombie that's right behind her. She does the same for him. Oh, but, but it's great, because uh, she Slack goes, Why do you always lick your gun, Charlie? Because the light plays off the end of it. And then he's pointing the gun right at her. He's like, Charlie! And she sh he shoots by, like, right by her ear. And then she does the same thing to him, but she actually shoots him, like, kind of nicks him in the head. And she's like, now we're even. He's like, no, we're not even. I didn't hurt you. <laughs> Poor Charlie. Um, one of the guards is bit by the one bad example. They combine CGI and practical pretty well in this movie, I think. For the scope of this movie, you do need some CGI stuff with the city and everything. I accept that. Yeah, I don't like this zombie that we get right here, though. It's completely CGI. That's fun. It is funny, though, when it shows up. Because it looks like just a walking headless zombie for a second. Oh, and that one. Because it's like head is ripped out backwards, like nearly headless Nick style. And then it like swings forward and bites one of the guards. Did you, It's a priest zombie. It's wearing like a one of those white collars that the priest wears uh, okay. and stuff. Um, but yeah, this one is very like gag-ish. Of like, oh, because they have the head whip around and bite them. And then they shoot them like through the chest and the head. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't look good anymore. No. Kaufman also is telling all of his like executives about how they can relocate. All the other people can be replaced. And he's just evil for the sake of evil. Um, well, the, the one guy, like at, the one executive asks a question and he's like, you asked a question at the exact time I was talking about people being replaced. Is that a good idea? And I see the guy, I love the guy's like, oh yeah, um, shit, sorry. Uh, no, I love you, man. 
Want a hand job? Riley pulls the car over right by a big group of zombies and tells the two guards, I'm not returning the truck. And like basically like, hey, you're either with this plan or you're getting out here. They both act like they're on it, but we like, well, of course they're going to say that. Otherwise, they're dead. By the way, also, Trollo dropped this guy up off to be the pickup guy, like for the ransom earlier. And right here, he's eaten by all the zombies from the horde. Did you? Because this is skateboard guy. This is young, yes. like young guy on the team. And he they drop him off, which horrible idea. The giant noisy bus. just like, burr, burr, burr. it's like pulling away with all the fucking emergency brakes or whatever, making all kinds of fucking noise. Oh, yeah. Nothing heard that because skateboarding away. He has a bag on one of those side bags that was very popular back in the day with a very specific patch sewn onto the bag. I didn't catch the patch. Misfits. Oh, nice, dude. No joke. I used to have one of those bags when I was in college with a big Misfits patch on it. A giant Misfits, like, fiend skull on the bag. And I was just like, oh, yes, I love this guy. But, okay, with this guy, they drop him off to pick up the money. They go, here's something to calm down, man. And they give him joints. At no point, you're in the zombie apocalypse. If any, that's going to make you fucking paranoid as fuck. Like, oh yeah, let's get super high while like zombies are around me and I'm doing this major money pickup. Oh yeah, I'm going to smoke five joints in a row right now. And then the motherfucker puts headphones on. That was the dumbest thing. What the fuck is he thinking? And then like, even, even if you're not worried about zombies, you're there to do a ransom with a cannon pointed at like, yeah. The basically the White House of this place. Yeah, you don't think they might be sending someone to kill you? It is so like he makes all the wrong decisions. Like a what? Like a zombie walks by the window and he just like blasts all of it and breaks the window out. Then he goes skateboarding up to the window, and of course it's then bitten and whatnot. But he makes no sense. I just like his misfits patch. And then after they get him, all the zombies are standing right at the river. And Big Daddy takes a step in, and they all follow. And then we get the coolest shot of the movie, Brett, where all the zombies emerge out of the river on the other side. There's a reason this is, like, the poster. Because it does look fucking badass. Of just, like, because you think about these people, they think that the water is saving them. Because on two of the sides or whatever, they're like, oh, the river's or saved us zombies aren't gonna dive into the river and swim over ha 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 they've never done that no these zombies are evolving now all of a sudden it's like no we could just dip through the river kind of walk like as pirates we don't need to breathe yeah but yeah it is just it there's a reason it's the poster it looks awesome riley and their crew park where they know the dead reckoning's gonna have the best shot at the tower and Right there, the one lady guard's about to, like, take him out and everything because she knows they're still dead reckoning. And Pillsbury just punches her out, and he's all in on the plan. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come with you. Well, I love, yeah, like, because Mrs. Argento kind of looks over at him, and, like, other bad lady cop kind of winks at Pillsbury, and Pillsbury winks back at her. That just punches her out, and Mrs. Argento's just like, very good, giant man. (laughs) Exactly. Um... Cholo shows up, doesn't trust Riley. Um, they cuff him on the Dead Reckoning. And right here, 
we'll cover most of this part first. Because that lady does get back up here and cause like a commotion. Cholo gets up to check it out. Riley frees himself, kicks him off, has him basically at gunpoint and everything, takes the dead reckoning for himself. That's that whole part wrapped up. But right. as this is going on, the zombies start invading the city. Brett, I watched the unrated version. Since you had that same one I have, I'm sure you did too. Man, yes. this is wild when this is going on. Oh, it is so good. And this is what you're like almost really hoping for this movie of they're building up like the other Romero stuff. We've been in a farmhouse on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. We're in a mall, but like it's like that's the only set piece. We're inside this mall. Day of the Dead. We're basically underground for most of the movie. This one, it's like legit Pittsburgh is being invaded by the horde. And it's almost like everything maybe people have been talking about for all the other movies of like, well, they never did the big Pittsburgh like takeover. We kind of get it here. Oh yeah. It's awesome looking. I love it. Um, I love upstairs. we get Cop. the one guy, he gets his arm. He's like about to throw a grenade and he gets his arm cut off and then he falls onto the grenade and explodes. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. And remember, Big Daddy ha knows how to shoot a gun. He starts shooting back when they start shooting at him. Yeah, it's great. Like, could you imagine being like, well, that's never fucking happened again. Once again, it's just like, oh, God damn it. Now they can shoot guns. And then somewhere in here, we get the reveal of my favorite cameo zombie in this movie. Oh, my God. Okay, so. I've I, I bet you you is all have also heard Savini talk about this. Yeah. Because we get Tom Savini as a zombie walking into frame, which is all oh, cool. Makes sense that there'd be cameos like that in the Romero movie. Not only How's he dressed, Brett? Not only is it Savini, it's Savini dressed in a leather jacket with the Savini dressed in the leather jacket with the big handlebar mustache. And a machete. And Savini, the, like, people... It's great. Oh, my fucking God. It's like, and people have asked Savini before, is that the same character from Dawn of the Dead? And Savini's like, well, he looks exactly the same. He's dressed exactly the same. And he has a machete. So, what do you think? Which means... Oh, my fucking God. Tom Savini's character... From Dawn of the Dead in the 70s. And this universe has survived until 2005 to still be walking around with that fucking machete being like, motherfucker. Like, that is so fucking cool. I know. They couldn't legally name him Blades. So they discredit him as Machete Zombie. But everyone has said, even George, like, yeah, that's him. It has to. There's no way it's not. It's 100% the exact same zombie. And I just love it so much. Um, canon stuff like that in movies just makes me so, so happy. That little two seconds of like, oh yeah, I recognize that zombie. Will make the movie for me. Yeah, it was that's my favorite cameo zombie we get in here is Tom Savini coming back from Dawn of the Dead. But yeah, we get lots of carnage. There's eating through and killing everybody here. And so Riley, they're like, oh shit, it's all going down they're gonna take the dead reckoning back and save all the people 
Kaufman is just making his escape plan. I love that, like, one of his, like, top people sees him walking out with suitcases of money. They're like, what are you doing with all that? And Kaufman just goes, uh, hold this for a second. And just shoots him right there. And that's when Riley calls back, like, hey, we got Cholo. And he was leaving because he thought that was Cholo. said, I wish you would have called me ten seconds ago. I wouldn't have done the thing I just did if you'd called me earlier. But yeah, it's just so great because he's like, get down, get down. And he just points the gun to the back of his head and like kills him. Um, then yeah, he does the great thing of like, well, if you had called a couple minutes earlier, things would have been different right now. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, reorganizing. I guess I don't have to run away. Um, <laughs> yeah, and... He, he's like, you're lying. I can hear everything going on inside. He's like, that's not us. That's the zombies. And they're on their way back. Also, during this, Cholo's outside. Him and the other guy are just walking along. He's bit by a zombie right here. And this is what we talked about earlier. He says he doesn't want to get bit. He goes, I kind of want to see how the other half lives. This, I think, means two different things, Brett. Because where does he go but Fiddler's Green? He's going to yeah. see how the other half lives. And he's also turning into a zombie. He's going to see how that other half lives. That's very good. I didn't catch that. But yeah, I love that he goes like uh, 20 minutes ago, he was about to like bomb an entire city and like take this giant weapon like on the road. And now he's like walking along the road and then gets bitten by a zombie. He's like, my fucking luck, man. (laughs) (laughs) In the city, Big Daddy gets a jackhammer. Okay, George, let's talk for a second. George Romero is always, and I agree with him. He says, fast zombies suck. I don't like fast zombies. Right. There's some good movies with them, but in general, I want this kind of zombie. Yeah. Uh, He goes, I, fast zombies don't make sense because their ankles would snap because they're rotting. You know what else would snap, George? Big Daddy picking up a running jackhammer. Yeah. Your wrist? Do you know how (laughs) many bones are in your hand? (laughs) Just saying. Oh, we did also see that jackhammer at the Living Dead Museum at the Monroeville Mall in Pittsburgh. But he picks up a jackhammer, it unplugs, but all the zombies start picking up melee weapons here. Because they're right in a construction site, like shovels, pickaxes, everything they can get. And they're making their way towards Fiddler's Green. And they start smashing on the glass, and they break in. And this is my favorite carnage scene when they first get in here. Because they're just eating all these rich fuckers. Um... One rips out a girl's belly button ring, like, bites it out. I always remember that scene, because then the blood pools in her belly button and, like, spills out of it. For some reason, that, like, always stuck in my mind of, like, oh, that's fucking brutal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nicotero did a great job here with the special effects. Oh, yeah. Even though, like, Nicotero is now, like... If you say that name, if people think Walking Dead, he did so many great things before that shitty show. How do you think he got to that show? You know what I mean? Yeah. Doing this kind of stuff. I just hope that that show doesn't tarnish his reputation. They're like, oh, he's involved with stuff like that. No, look at the special effects he does. They're still so good. It's not always his fault where the story goes. There's also a big corporation called AMC telling you where to go and what to do and stuff. The corporation that canceled Walt Flanagan's TV show. How dare they? But they get the dead reckoning to a drawbridge and they're getting it down. Um, it's cool. Cause Riley decapitates a zombie with the drawbridge that he's wrestling as it's coming down. Yeah. That's um, cool. But they get it. And they're driving into town and dead reckoning's firing off the sky flowers. And the zombies do look up for a second, but they've learned from their new leader 
and it stops working because they have all these people cornered at the throat, the electric fence and everything. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, we're about to die. But the fireworks go off and they all kind of start celebrating like we're saved, we're saved. But then they all just bring their heads back down in such a cool shot in that moment, too, because it doesn't work unless you've watched this movie up to this point. But when they stop looking at the fireworks, just look at the people again. It's like, oh, shit. Well, because I love that we get like man in business suit is like our main guy at the fence of like he's one of these rich people from fiddler's green it looks like and he's like everyone stop and he's the one that throws something on the electric fence and sees it's still on and then a minute the yeah like you said he's like oh thank god we're saved and then like they all start looking at him again he's like oh no in fiddler's green big daddy's going after coffin and coffin's like how dare you ruin this of all like zombies and everything he's throwing a tantrum but him and his butler go to the garage to get in his car but big daddy's outside the car and it's standing right by a gas pump and the butler runs away by the way with the keys when he sees big daddy right there and <laughs> Dennis which Hopper, i love you idiot you have the keys i love like the butler at some point is finally like go fuck yourself old rich man like and since he's right next to the gas pump big daddy who's very experienced with these takes the gas pump out and Breaks it through the windshield, just turns the gas on, and walks away. I just love, like, thinking of, like, Big Daddy's thought process. Of, like, I know what gas pump is. Gas? What does gas do? Gas explode. Oh! Yep. Idea! <laughs> but you think he's leaving, because he's gone. Coffin gets out, and there's another figure walking in unseen, and it's Cholo coming after him. And he throws out a racial slur to him that I will not repeat here. But he starts walking towards him and Kaufman shoots him, hits him in the shoulder and he goes down. So my head cannon, tell me what you think. I think Cholo was still human right there. That put him down and then he turns. Well, yeah, because he shoots him like once and he kind of like, uh, and they shoots him like in the chest and they shoots him again and he like slumps over. I'm guessing, yeah, he was like really close to dying anyway. And that just put him over the edge. And now yep. he's come back. And then he turns and comes back after him. But right as that's going on, Big Daddy, what is this that's on fire? Is it a propane oh. tank? Propane, propane. Gotta get that flame. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a propane tank. Okay. As so on fire, rolls it down to the gas-soaked Cholo, Kaufman, and car, and they all explode. Oh, and it's great because it's like, a CGI Cholo, like, goes, Rah! is this, like, blown away from the car? <laughs> the Dead Reckoning makes it back to the city right as everyone who's at the fence is being eaten. Brett, Count of the Dead right here was a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I could imagine. If you're new listening, we do this thing at the end of the episode called Count of the Dead, where I tally up all the deaths. I had to pause it and scan, because the camera, like, pans <laughs> over it. I'm like, okay, there's one eating one, there's one eating one, like, on that. Like, oh god, fucking but damn it. <laughs> they fire the rockets and blow all those zombies to hell. They think they're too late, but then you see a ton more of the survivors are there. They saved the city. And then their big plan, basically, is they're just going to take off. Because in they're... The, in the city's best defense! Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, because the Irish priest, or, like, guy that they were talking to earlier that was, like, yelling on the street was like, we could take over Fiddler's Green. And then Riley's like, yes, but then who would we become? And Mulligan goes, well, we're going to find out. 
He's, <laughs> he's all for it. Um, as the Dead Reckoning's leaving, they see all the zombies kind of moving on, and they're about to fire, and Riley goes, no, they're just looking for a place to go. So are we. I understand the sentiment here. However, they are flesh-eating monsters who would eat you in a second. Yeah. Maybe blast them. Well, because, like, Big Daddy's walking across one of Pittsburgh's many bridges, and it's one of those ones you get off the bridge and you have to go 30 feet within five seconds across five lanes oh of goddamn God, traffic. I know that bridge. I hate it. Um, That's what it looks like. But he almost gives them a look of just like, come on. You know what we all we just went through all that like give us a break and Riley's like yeah we'll give them that break it's yeah like you said it's really weird and the dead reckoning leaves and they're like well these don't work anymore might as well fire them. they fire all the fireworks which is just a cool ending shot as our main crew lives to fight another day and they're going to canada yes and that is land of the dead uh look i know all i know the listeners just judging by laws of averages, a lot of you hate this movie. Because I talk to people about this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. I will hear... I'll hear the opposition. I've even pointed out the things that are wrong with it. But man, do I love this movie. Oh, it definitely feels more dated than, like, A Dawn of the Dead does. And that's from the 70s. In a different way. Dated differently. Yeah. Because it feels one... more modern, too. Oh, yeah, very much so. But... Oh, uh, yeah, there's just a, a, quite a bit of it. Or not a, like a lot of it, but some of it is like, ah, it's kind of weird in a 2023 eyes. But overall, I enjoy the movie. I like what they do with it. It's just a fun zombie movie. I like it yeah. more than the Dawn of the Dead remake. And so many people oh, are me like, too. oh, that's the best zombie movie ever. I like this movie more. I can name like 10 that I like more than it's that It's because, you know, Which, I do like that movie. Romero, I so do I, but Romero made this, and you can feel Romero's sweat just dripping off his glasses onto this movie. <laughs> his glasses <of> sweat. <laughs> like I imagine, like I just watched Up yesterday. I imagine Romero's the old man from Up. That's what he looks like making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I already teased it earlier, but let's get in the count of the dead. Let's get into the count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, that's Rogue with Horror Count of the Dead, where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. I will say we don't count zombie deaths unless we right. saw them as a person first. Where do you Which, think we got with Land of the Dead? Not counting zombie deaths. This is the closest, I would say, that you, like, I, I know we're not counting them, but this is the closest it gets to, like, you maybe should count them because they feel so much like people sometimes. Yeah, but then I'd have to redo all the other oh, I ones. Know. I'm not doing that. That's what I'm saying. But this there's is still the, a ton of peoples. This is the closest it's gotten. Um, fuck. I don't even know, because there's so many giant scenes of just, like, so many people getting mowed down. There's the whole Fiddler's Green thing. There's the whole crowd at the end. Um, just random people throughout. And think about, like, the nightclub scene when the fat man, little fat man or whatever, got killed. Not many people died there. I barely anyone actually um he shot two zombies a goon or two might have gone in the fat man yeah it's hard i'm gonna say 45 holy shit you're close for something this big we got 47 god fucking damn it god fuck man <laughs> i can't believe you got it in the ballpark with how big this one is i was that's thinking impressive like, on its own 
Well, yeah, I get it then. <laughs> there you go. But I'll say you did good. Yeah. Well, it's great scout of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And we already kind of touched on it, Greg. Okay. All right, so your... Uh, so the ratings is from my point of view. So I'm given my own city. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you show up to my gate and I'm like, I show up in my cape and my crown, my old German staff. And I'm like, what do you have to offer the king? A number I'm not one... in second command in the city. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, we just go through a thousand episodes. I have to, like, offer something to the king to get in here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, a number one thing you could offer King Brett <laughs> to get into his post-apocalyptic city. The worst thing, you're like... I, I have money. Wait, can I offer you something? Sure. I have this copy of E.T. on DVD. Oh, I piss on you. Luckily, I had to relieve my royal bladder. Come closer to the wall so I may urinate on your face. So would that be like a number one? Yeah, that's a number one. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I have this. Slumber Party Massacre 2 sealed mm -hmm. on VHS with a CRTV-TV-VCR combo. Um, um, gods, let the man in. And I bang Is that my a staff. 10? Oh, yeah, that's a 10. Oh, yeah, you okay. got that perfect. Um, Land of the Dead is a lot of fun. It's not in the, it's not in the caliber of a night, dawn, or day. Those are classics. But this one is fun, and it holds a special place in my heart from when I grew up. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of weird things in it that don't make a whole lot of sense every once in a while. There's some language that they use that is very 2005. Um, but all in all, the story is a lot of fun. It's fun to revisit. And it's fun to listen to Romero talk about it because he's just such an old man. And he was trying to be modern. Yeah, I'm actually, that's a good score. I thought I was going to be fighting anymore. I went, I tried to divorce myself from my nostalgia with this one. I still rated it high, though. I gave it eight and a half things that bring King, the King of the Settlement, Brett, out of ten. Oh, uh, that's good, still. Like, oh yeah, I do enjoy this movie. It's not, like, and I brought up Walking Dead every once in a while here and there in this episode. You can feel where they were going to go with zombies with this movie, kind of. Because about, what, six years later, Nicotero does the show, so. Yeah, and I was even thinking watching this, I'm like, man, they kind of look like Walker zombies, like yeah. Walking Dead zombies a little bit at the beginning. I'm like, well, it makes sense in the timeline for this movie, how long it's been going on. And Nicotero. Exactly. Nicotero's the big thing in this that just, I feel like he learned i'm not gonna say he did not steal from george he learned from the master about how to do zombies because even the walking dead people have so often said like oh yeah we do romero zombies oh for sure god man how great would it have been if they didn't fuck up that show that would have been nice 
I even watched the new one where it's the new of the new show where Maggie and Negan are paired up. And I'm like, fucking Maggie, he fucking killed your husband. And now you two have a show together. You're going to end up fucking, aren't you? Like poor, poor fucking Glenn watching you fuck Negan. Joe Bob did that episode with that. I didn't even watch it. That's the only reason I watched it. And I, I was mad. But since this is through October, I don't think we hit 31 this year, but we might, we'll probably release an episode tomorrow. If not, it'll be in a day or two. Let's just, whatever we were going to drop tomorrow and the next day, let's just scrap those and we'll just do Diary and Survival. No, because I've never watched those, (laughs) but I've seen clips and they do not look good. Oh, if you've never watched them, I won't actually put them this month, but now I'm even more determined to get them on the show. I even own one of them. And I'm just like, I don't want to watch it because I love Romero so much. And I don't want to be like, oh, man, why didn't you just end it land? Just retire. <laughs> That's all I think I got on land. I'm glad we have reached a point in the podcast that we've covered land of the dead. Yes, very much so. Um, and now, you know, what that means is that we get to redo Dawn of the Dead. I- I'll talk to you about it. I have an idea for it. Oh, good, good, good. But yeah, there will still be more Romero coming. At least for one episode. (laughs) But let's see if anything else, man. No, that's all I got. All right. Well, we hope that you're really enjoying your Throbtober. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, this movie has an atmosphere that kind of reminds me of fall time in October. It has that kind of blue palette. Everyone's wearing coats and stuff. There's leaves blowing around. So, yeah, I would put this as a good Throbtober watch. And we hope that Land of the Dead has left your brain throbbing with horror. Well, wasn't that a wild and wacky episode? If you enjoyed it, please rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, You can also support the show by going onto our Public site and checking out any kinds of the merch that we have on there. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that TikTok thing those kids are on, and YouTube. Just search Throbbing with Horror and look for our pumpkin. And remember to throb on.